Welcome back to the Four Gardens Podcast. I'm Jake Ifshin. The Four Gardens is an approach to cultivate a life of balance, joy, and abundance by focusing on four key areas. On this show, I talk to people inspiring me in the four gardens of health, nature, creativity, and service. To learn more, go to fourgardenspodcast.com and follow at Four Gardens Podcast on Instagram. Make sure to like and subscribe to hear new episodes and support this project. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast, take a minute to check out the YouTube channel, which features short video clips from the podcast as well as engaging original content. My guest today is Marta Pasquale, the executive director and founder of School of Wonder, a social enterprise which creates immersive experiences and games to play in the fresh air, in which kids and families become protagonists of imaginative stories full of fun missions that activate their imagination and connect them to the world that they explore. I was fortunate to be able to lead an adventure this fall in Prospect Park in Brooklyn, New York. It brought me so much joy to take part in the rich journey Marta offered the children, who were invited to discover the secrets of Gaia through a series of magical experiences that unfolded throughout a beautiful day filled with nature, laughter, art, and science. I'm excited to learn more about Marta and the School of Wonder. Let's jump right in. Marta, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, Jake. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. I was just getting to reflect on our time together, the day we spent in Prospect Park recently, this fall, uh, and just all the fun I had just as someone who has an educational background and has taught for many years, I uh, just to see what you create for children and offer them was brought me so much joy because I have the same passion to you know get kids outdoors like we did to share music to explore nature and have adventures. It was all just magic for me. And so I just want to first start off by thanks for opening and sharing, creating with me recently. Well, Jake, it was amazing to have you there. It was uh, an honor. I was so excited when you came with the mandolin and just got so ready and connected to the kids and, and really like bringing with your music this kind of um um like a movie sound around and yeah it was very exciting to see the kids singing and making music and improvising with you um, so yeah you are always welcome you're always welcome yes <laughs> it's one of my favorite things and definitely highlights of that day were uh playing music as we went on a, a walk i was carrying my mandolin and we were writing songs and then we got to a giant hill and then everybody rolls down the hill including me and you both rolled down the big hill and it just got me brought me back into my own childhood of just this feeling of of, of adventure of play of like it was thrilling to, to have this even as an adult to be part of this adventure it was such a beautiful journey you remember that we before the falling like arriving to that hill we we had to uh, discover this path in a labyrinth right there was like a it's it's actually like a labyrinth um uh hill in in prosper park and the kids the kids were having this map that we, we were very confused and very lost and then you started playing and we were just like so happy to be lost but be like playing music and i feel like that was such a moment of connection between all of us that finished in the perfect place in the in a in a in a hill we could roll down so yeah I think to be, uh, what a cool thing to offer that to children in New York City, of all places, too. The chance to get lost in the woods 
with music to get, you know, that's such a childhood, like ancient experience of just being lost in the woods with your friends and having to navigate and play your way through uh, and discover that I think that's just what a gift to offer the children to give them that. Yeah, exactly. And you you just nailed it because that's a little bit the mission of a School of Wonder. We we want to recreate these magical moments in nature that we in the past we used to have that a lot because kids had a lot of freedom to explore. But these days they don't have so much freedom to explore. So we we recreate these adventures uh, and we create um yeah, immersive stories and missions that put us together in in, in on a journey in order to give the kids that that opportunity to really experience all the magic that happens when you get in, in immersed in the wonder of nature and you get lost and you get in trouble and confused and then you all solve it together and it meets so many needs for children developmentally and for that we're missing right now that there's such a great need for this there's so much research showing how much nature play and collaboration is what exactly what children need to develop uh, and grow. And so I, I just love how it meets, checks so many of those really important boxes for children and makes me curious too of um, the inspiration like behind, behind School of Wonder of how you, how you came to develop this project. One thing I want to say about the, the, what you were saying that it checks a lot of the things that are missing is that you are totally right. Like we, we, with School of Wonder is fosters the put, puts the kids to practice their their right side of their brain, which is where creativity lives, also with where cooperation, empathy lives. And the, the goal that we have, the educational approach we have, is really making kids be able to use their the both both sides of the brain because the the left side of the brain, which is the rational side and the mathematical side and the, the side that, that categorizes and prioritizes, that's also an important brain, right? So part of the brain. So we make sure that we design experiences where kids have to use continuously both sides of the brain um, and hopefully creating bridges between them and memories that, that they can later remember um, and become learning uh, learning moments. I love that. Let's let's zoom in on that for a second before we go into the, back, the the story behind it all. Let's talk a little bit about how School of Wonder experiences are designed and and do deliver that for children. How you approach creating an adventure and how it looks. Yes. So, well, our adventures always start with a map, and this map is a is a map of a, a park that kids know, but suddenly it looks like a an unexplored space. It looks like a forest, an island, and it's very exciting uh, to find it because it puts the kids, it puts all of us in a different mindset, and then we we discover a, a mission we have to come um we have to to complete together and and there is always this first moment of okay are we ready for going on a journey together like and where we actually discuss agreements i love that the kids can bring their own agreements and we all do, do democratic vote for for seeing like which agreements we all agree on and that puts them in a very like a friend a mindset of, of friendship and 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 self-responsibility that makes it perfect uh, to start and very soon there is also sometimes we we use props like compasses and other elements and then 
different kids take different roles. But the beautiful thing is that the natural roles start showing up. Um, some kids really like like being leaders. Some kids get so excited with the map and try to understand the compasses. There are other kids who love being teachers. There are other kids that just like, you know, love handing, like holding hands with a new friend and just like following the 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 other ones we have always multi multi age group which really helps into this so yeah and then with with this story which is uh, get immersed in the in in this map in this in this park and um you know we school of wonder uses a lot of elements of non intrusive technology like audio and so sometimes we find characters that speak to us or um yeah other elements that make it Feel, make us feel like we are inside a tale or a video game, other, others would say. And soon we just get into the actual um, natural wonder. And that's the part that I really love more mo the most because um, the wonder is there. The wonder is in the kids and it's in nature. And, some, and, and when we get in, in the forest part or in the parts that are more uh, confusing or um, more difficult to find and when we've been walking a lot that's when the actual magic also starts happening as we were telling with the labyrinth you know and um and finally there is always <clears throat> sometimes this looks like a, some people say like oh is this like gincanas it's like well it has some elements of gincanas or treasure hunt but we don't really have treasures the the treasures of each adventure finishes when when we complete our missions um are really a parties a party that that a celebration that we always that always happens at the end where <clears throat> we offer kids a time to to express creatively with different outlets sometimes is we use watercolors sometimes we do improvisational dance or impr improvisational singing and um it's a moment of celebration and a little bit of integration too because that an important part of this uh, project is not only to share experiences, but also to have time for reflection and integration of the learning experience, and so that they can also transfer it to their to their lives. These are the key elements. This is how an adventure normally looks like. So there is nature, there are missions, there is creative expression, and so on. Something about it that I love is it really, to me, reflects one of my values back, uh, the way you approach children and of holding the respect for them, the, their competence, the ability, some of the, the pieces you named really hold that for me of the first, the agreements. I maybe want to talk a little bit about that too, of how we make agreements can be really valuable, I think, for parents and people working with children, that piece of the adventure, and also the freedom you give children to choose what their role is going to be. So how they, you, you talked about different roles, they get to choose. You're not assigning jobs. There's enough complexity. They get to think about how to break down a complex story or a challenge into different roles and negotiate it with uh, with trust in them. That it's not, there, there's, there was something I loved in the experience where there was fluidity. It wasn't so rigid the way you led the adventures. There was, a, let's slow down. Let's, let's take a creative detour here or a different turn that was led by the children. And so that showed a lot of trust. And the children and their competency something i really appreciate from like reggio Emilia approach and to go back for one minute though could you say a little more about the agreements that you make with the children at the beginning of the adventure 
Yes, um, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Like free, the freedom, the freedom we give the kids, uh, together with responsibility, self responsibility. I think it's the key. We we are treating the kids as 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 friends, as humans, <laughs> as 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 adults in a way. Um, we create. So there is a very important part of of creating that moment of connection and trust. Where why we do this is because we want them to explore different roles and different facets of themselves. Sometimes what's happening these days is that kids are playing soccer, and it's very clear from very soon what is the hierarchy of who is best, you know, who is better in the, in, in the soccer and who is less good and so on. But uh, when you open this to to an exploration where they can take different roles, suddenly kids find themselves being leaders in things or being good at things that they didn't even know. And that completely changed the, the way in which other kids are normally looking at them or that they look at themselves. So that's why, uh, yes, the freedom to explore uh, themselves and the, and, 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 and the world is, is a key element of, of the program. And the agreements comes very connected to this. Um, this is like going on a journey. You you gotta you you wanna you wanna have some conversation about how this is gonna go, how we want to relate to each other today, uh, what problems could arise, and how could we find a way to to solve them. What happens in, if if one gets tired or one gets upset or what? How are we? How do they want to resolve these little conflicts? And just telling them to think about it makes them and 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 choose to decide how and makes them take responsibility of it. It makes them and, and kids feel that. Kids feel that we they are treated, I don't want to say that they are treated as adults, we are treated as equals. Um of course they know. We are not kids. I mean, I am not a kid or my wonder magicians have the final authority, but I tell you that we don't have to use it at all because uh, everybody's in their higher self normally. And we are also excited to go on this journey that we never have to apply discipline or, or in, impose our authority. Normally it's just all, um, it all flows. You, you've been there, you, you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. And I didn't see any of that disciplining that I see so much to regulate children in schools or in a lot of other settings. There was not the, uh, certainly the wonders magicians, uh, school of wonder magicians are leaders in the experience and guiding, but it didn't feel there's no need for punitive actions or raising voice like that because early on, everybody agrees to buy in, to be part of this. I mean, that's the agreements to me is I feel like as humans, we're always making agreements in every space we enter, whether they're implicit or explicit. Uh, and so I think to bring this consciously, let's not just impose, like children know the rules already. They know, like they know how to, they're coming in with their own uh, way of behaving and, 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 and existing, but to invite them in and say, we're all part of this thing. And this is what it, this is what we're asking you to choose. Like choose this today with us. They all choose it. They're all choosing to be there and choosing each moment to be with it and to support each other, I think, throughout it and support the goal of the adventure. And there are conflicts too. There are moments of conflict, of course. And um, my, 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 my approach to that is that I always is choose wonder magicians, like the, the team of wonder magicians who are 
New York-based artists and educators who I admire a lot, and I know personally many of them, they, I always choose people who they are mirrors. They are great role models. So they are very diverse. They are very diverse. Not all the one the magicians react in the same way when there is a conflict, but I trust that um, it's good for any kid and any person to meet to to meet this wonder magician or to to have them as mirrors and and they are going to uh, learn from that experience. They are going to be yes, like a role model. Well, I think conflict too is not, yeah. So I think conflict too is different than, than behavior too. Like conflict is a way, I, this came up in the episode before this. Interesting you brought up conflict. As I was talking in the episode before this with Eleanor Bramwell, we were talking about how conflict's another opportunity to research our values, to research what we want. If we can talk about our conflicts, which happens in the adventure that two people have different ideas about how to, how to play or how to solve a problem. For instance, we, were, we had small, there was, a, a, children got upset in the adventure I was in because we all were around a giant log uh, that where we were, we created this, they created this, they saw this ability, this, you'd, you had a great plan and some children were over building this uh, natural house, this teepee uh, structure with, uh, with, with branches and creating a structure while other children found this area right adjacent to it where there was a log with me and they created a giant seesaw with like multiple logs interconnected. I think a three-legged, a three-legged seesaw. It was incredible, and it was natural. Yeah, it was in the that was in the moment of where we were re rebuilding the 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 village of the guardians. Because and yeah, so tell what conflict happened there. Well, there was a conflict of how do we? It, it took three children to operate the thing, at least in different spaces on the logs to move it. And there was uh, one child that was feeling excluded or felt like it wasn't fair the way the turns were divided and uh and i had a choice as a, a magician and you know i'm someone who's uh, at the time a new york-based artist with uh, educational background you know, i had the choice to go in and impose what i thought was fair on the children you know i could have that could have been a more like old school or like a regressive kind of way of just saying it's your turn it's your turn it's your turn you know doing this thing but more it was a chance to let the let the child like be with that for a minute. They needed a, they needed to take a break for a second and just collect themselves to regulate their nervous systems. To go back to the, the last episode was about this. Uh, they needed um, they needed to breathe and take a minute with me, like and just calm down. And then it was like about them finding their voice to propose a new what what do you want? How do you want this play to look? Like what is fair? What is that? We just talk it through. What does it look like? What could you say to the other friends to bring? without yelling or screaming, uh, what would, or crying, uh, once that emotions pass, what, what do you want here? And like, they were able to find their voice in that, uh, from that conversation and come back and check back in. Um, and they were cared for like the community, like the other children, when they came back in, they were able to reintegrate them into the play, uh, with, um, cause they, you know, they brought this clear request. Um, this is how we should do this, I think. And the other children said, okay, how about sure thing? Like, how about this too? And then it was like back into the just back into the uh, the conflict didn't take us into divergent places. It brought us back into play and a right relationship of having the best time. Yeah, and there was a conversation, there was a discussion, and there was uh, there were questions that were asked. I think that's that's the 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 first approach for always treating the kids um, as equals is is imagining that you are with a group of friends who you really appreciate a lot, and they they come into that conflict. So, of course, you're not going to impose them a, a, the solution. 
although you might know, but you, and that's the only, the advantage of being adult is that you might know which question to make in that moment that make them, you know, have their own ideas and, and really bring that space for sharing options. I want to take us back to the question I asked before, and I know your path to School of Wonder is pretty unique. You have a degree in law and business, and you work in consulting, government, policymaking, uh, and cutting-edge companies. How how do you land in School of Wonder? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a, a long and uh, special path. Um, when I was working at Boston Consulting Group, I got the chance to help set up a Teach for America in Spain, and that was my fir the first time um, I I got immersed in the innovation that was happening in happening in the education sector, and I was really fascinated by like um, by the discovery of how much growth um, and innovation was possible, not only for student for the student academic performance, but also as future citizens, and I'm. Yeah, and then I went to Columbia University to study a master's degree in public administration and learn how these new innovations in education were really landing at a governmental level. Um, I wanted to participate in the policymaking of these interesting educational reforms. So, yeah, after school, I became part of the policymaking team of the education commissioner, Chris Serf, who at that time was bringing a deep educational reform in, in New Jersey schools, following the steps that the New York City Department of Education had done uh, with Major Bloomberg and Joel Klein. And there I became specialist of student skills and measurement. And I was designing important policies such as the educational framework with which the New Jersey charter schools are still being assessed. And the framework already included the evaluation of not only academic skills or cognitive skills, but sometimes we something that we used to call at that time non-cognitive skills, which is what we are now. To, um, we also not we are now referring as social emotional learning skills. Um, I then received a special request to serve in the in the Department of Education of the United Kingdom to help them in a, in their reform. And that was part of a, a prestigious program where they were selecting eight experts from around the world to help them in their policymaking matters. And after these experiences in the government, uh, I was hired by um, a cutting edge education company that was called Amplify Education. And they were redesigning the school curriculum in a very, innovative way using multimedia and gathering some of the most prestigious scholars and experts in the United States. And there I was exposed to the latest knowledge about student learning and cognition. And more importantly, I learned how to build curriculum products in, in new ways. So one question that always was falling on my desk uh, in each of these roles was, okay, Marta, what are these character skills and how can we measure them? And in my extensive research, I discovered that there was a big gap in the current educational system because not only were students missing these important skills, we also didn't know how to teach them. They, how do you 
teach gratitude or how do you teach uh, empathy, friendship, co collaboration, communication? So New York City schools were using PowerPoint presentations showing students how to behave and others were using a, a reward system of points for the kids, for the students behaving in the way that they, they were told to behave which was uh, also, uh, in my opinion, an intrusive way and not natural way of truly teaching these skills. So of course, kids, they learn all they need to learn to be accepted and to be loved. That's, that's the rule when you're a kid. So, but is the learning really there? Like, aren't they, aren't we just creating some kind of social, emotional learning robots? Um, we are talking about skills that really imply behaviors, values, choices, good habits, reflection, and yeah, are really kids learning how to relate to each other? Um, the truth is that we are seeing a little bit the opposite, right? Coming through, like we are seeing, we are seeing violent communication and isolation, anxiety, phone addiction. Um, so this is why I decided, decided to launch a School of Wonder with the mission to create these learning experiences that truly had a lifelong positive impact on, on, on the kids' character. Wow, Marta, thank you so much for sharing your professional journey that way. I'm your friend and I, I knew a little bit of this, but to hear the, the need that you, you saw in, in this extensive experience you have in education, to see the need that this idea of children becoming robots, of the, the point systems and the, the missing of so many, we talk about the rise of phone addiction or the lack of social emotional learning, like some of these things created by technology or created by the way the world's moving that um, it seems to me that s the school of wonder is um a way of going both backwards in a way and forwards at the same time like looking back at our indigenous and our our roots and our traditions as well as looking forward of how do these meet uh modern people in the city uh, in the modern lives at the same time which i think is a really interesting and unique challenge you're working with Exactly. You, you, you said that uh, the School of Wonder has a very innovative approach and at the same time, the oldest approach. No, it's because we, we, one of the things we're doing, for instance, is recovering the games that our grandparents used to play uh, with basic tools like, you know, like basic, basic toys. We love uh, gathering them and introducing them as part of our missions because nowadays, um, our kids don't don't know so much about. They have forgotten a lot of these uh, these knowledge that was trans, that is being normally transmitted in the play in the playgrounds. Um, in one second, I want to say something. Oh, mm, yeah, Jake, this topic is uh, so important. The, I just uh, I read a, the, a book recently that is from Irene Vallejo. It's called "The Infinity in a Read," and it talks about the the history, the, the invention of the books, and how the history can be told from the invention of the books, what was coded, what was able to, and and what allowed for progress, and also all the knowledge that was lost because. It wasn't coded or in in the books, no, or it was lost. Uh, something we have lost knowledge from uh, also philosophers and other um, other great geniuses that um, 
whose books or uh, were lost. And I feel like we are in a moment, in a similar moment in, in humanity right now, where we are really um, coming to a new phase of codification, which is all knowledge coming to internet. And there is a big um, a gap that we got to be aware of, of knowledge that might not be transferable in a way through through these online new books or online um, platforms. And I want to make sure that in School of Wonder, we go to the future with the important skills from the from the past, from the past of 20 years ago even. So I'm talking about games and behaviors, but I am also I am also talking about uh, managing physical things, elements, um, a lot of uh, abilities that uh, are not happening, in, are not being practiced anymore so often as kids are mostly um, developing or practicing their creativity in video games. And I feel like we, in the School of Wonder, we're trying to bring them out of the video game into using their creativity in the physical world which implies also learning to make knots and learning to make tools, learning to make their own fishing rods and touching the things, being very physical so that um, so that we don't forget. We don't forget all these skills and we, 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 we don't forget the knowledge that humanity has been gathering for so, so many uh, centuries. That's so fascinating to think about that, of that even 20 years ago, we're losing those that that knowledge that we've taken so long as a species to to adapt to and to, to coexist with some of these different tools and ways of being and it occurs to me too that it's important that your work has the space to happen that school of wonder has parks to go to and gardens and other places so i'd love to hear too to, about that side of the work too of where the work happens for school of wonder and some of the partnerships that are important to supporting you you were reading my mind because I was just thinking, yes, this is not just a, a problem of the technological era. It's also a time where I feel we all, all can recognize that uh, it feels more scary. Uh, life feels more scary than before. And and kids don't have so much freedom anymore in the parks to be exploring. There is not su such a sense of, of, of um, yeah, of safety. And that's one of the uh, big, big uh, advocacy points, or that's that's one of the big um, ideas that we are championing is that we want to make sure that kids can recover their parks and that parks can be safe places and clean places for them to explore. Because if we don't give them that, they cannot learn. Like they from nature and from them from from the other kids. So um, we actually started a series of adventures called Adventures with Gaia, and it's um it's a three to five seven three to seven day curriculum uh, that um, tries to um, teach kids about environmental awareness through this fantasy character who is Gaia, who is actually a mythological character. Um, that represents the earth and by search the, the the curriculum starts the adventure starts actually searching for Gaia and we that's a, a, a way in which we 
in this in this adventure the kids are uh, the learning goal is is really to make kids aware and co to to make kids aware to f the learning goal is to is for kids to feel that connection with nature and to realize and learn that we are all part of 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 this of nature and of gaia that this is all a system in which we all have a role and we are all interdependent and that's a big just learning and it's very beautiful to be able to do that through a, 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 a fantasy experience that has so much truth and wisdom behind. Um, and then, yes, then we go to the secrets of Gaia, which you were part of, uh, where they learn about nature's intelligence because nature has so much to teach us. And for many, for a long time, even uh, scientists have been a bit like... Uh, reluctant to look at uh, what we can learn from other species or uh, but I think there is a a, a bigger uh, a big opening now to look closer of to other species both vegetal and animals and really learn from from the way they are behaving or the way they are um they yes they they are also um connecting in and living in, in Gaia so there are important there are important lessons we can learn from nature, from fractal beauty to uh, you know how how the system of roots of trees communicate and and nurture each other. Symbi symbiosis is such a big element, and even like the the hardship of nature when some beings start being abusive and then nature just destroys them no i think we have to <laughs> a lot to learn about that too um yes and i'm not gonna unveil more of this program but there's actually gonna be a they're gonna uh, do a documentary about it soon so um you'll you'll know more about adventures with gaia soon i'll be happy to share that with our listeners too the documentary when it comes out and other the other resources you have to learn about this definitely want people to keep following uh, School of Wonder. Um, you told me uh, that sounds like a really inspiring future project coming in. And there were some other partnerships too you were mentioning to me that were important for School of Wonder coming on the pipeline. Well, what is really exciting is that um, we we are starting to to work with parks, with public parks and outdoor institutions to create immersive experiences that are customized to their own the wonder of their own of, of their own place so as you know uh we create maps and illustrations and stories so there is a a, a local element that makes things so much more magical and 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 nice to grasp for the kids and we are now um working starting to work with institutions in new york city that um are very promising to build to build these outdoor curriculum programming for them and yes and that, that's the most exciting part now and we have other projects we have um big projects that i always put in a drawer until we are ready for them and we have enough funding like there is this project i dream so many times about which is redesigning the theme parks and really what would be the theme park of the future what if the theme park of the future is really happening happening in in a park in a or in a in a in a neighborhood and and it's not um 
so um, such an artificial element as it is now. But um, but this is a longer story that um, I would need to spend more time thinking uh, explaining. Well, I'm pretty interested in this. I think that I haven't <laughs> any thought of what a theme park. I think about this a lot in the world. I look at how spaces or organizations or how things are set up and how they could like imagine how they could be. And it's so funny. I haven't done this with theme parks so much, despite all my education all background that I do feel really curious about this. I've done it like most recently, like I've thought about with people of how do we do take golf courses and turn them into <laughs> something different or other, other, other types of, uh, other types of infrastructure, but not, not the theme park. So give me a little taste of that, of what a theme park would be like when you're in charge. Yeah, well, theme parks come so many times to my mind. First of all, a lot of the the maps that we create in School of Wonder come from the inspiration that when I was a kid, I had when I, I could see the map of like of Disneyland, no? or like there's this world to be explored. Um, but what I really like about theme parks is that I feel that the attractions or the rides, uh, at least the one, now a lot of them are automatic, but many of them used to be mechanical. They, they used to really allow for a physical or embodied exploration of physical laws. And I keep coming to this idea of how kids really just want to understand how the world works starting with the physicality of it. So I feel like when we are jumping in a trampoline and I wonder, Jake, if you can remember that moment, like it's really about the moment that you are floating. That's the, what you want to experience, no? Is that moment of where uh, there is like a second of no gravity for a moment or in the roller coaster, you remember what, what is the exciting part or the explore, the, the scientist explorative part of it. It's really the moment of, of, of going down in the roller coaster and feeling like all the, the physical things that happen in your body and in your stomach related to that. Um, yes, I feel that um, we could recover, we could teach a lot of a lot of science in in theme parks. I would love to 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 work on a redesign of a theme park. To I would love I would love to to work soon in a project related to redesigning some theme parks to really. Uh, use them as opportunities for field trips for schools to teach uh, centrifugation and forces and and other physical laws uh, that can be ex that can be experienced by the kid in, in an embodied way before knowing the theory of it. It's more of a, a wonder park than a theme park, then, right? It's a park that, in some ways, that would the School of Wonder Park would be. Uh, and I would like to, yeah, you know how to reach me. I'd like to imagine this with you too, because I think I think about, again, going back to the Reggio Emilia approach with children, the idea was that children make theories all the time. They're always making theories. And to give them a chance to feel this, the, the zero weightless, the weightless feeling or the, the to create a place where um, large miracles, miraculous feelings can almost happen that they have to explain. They have to use science and their imagination and theories to make sense of. I think there's something about that where there's not just the experience of that, but also the tools to not give them the answer, but give them tools to investigate it. I think this is happening in, in places and in museums and other places, but I would love to see more of that. And why not in the theme park of all places? That would be, um, there could be so much there that would like be this secret learning, be disguised in like incredible fun uh, that could be integrated there. 
Yeah, I imagine that a field trip of your class is going to a theme park to to learn some science lessons. It, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> really fun. Yeah, and, and they can do that already, but how can we make that even more intentional? Yeah, I mean, that's the part of what <clears throat> that I'm so excited to be working with with institutions now that are also that are that are that have those spaces, those natural spaces, those outdoor spaces for teaching important experiential lessons. Um, not only about social emotional learning, as you see, but there is a lot of um, other elements that happen, that other learning elements that happen in School of Wonder, like uh, kids are, are, are right, parents are telling us that kids are writing their own stories and they are drawing everything that happened in the adventure and they are making their own tools and they learn games that then they know how to do them and they know how to make up new inventions. So there is um, a lot of potential in really, um, yeah, in designing immersive experiences where kids have the freedom to explore who they they are. Uh, experience comes to my mind from our day and Prospect Park together, writing a song with one of the, the girls, two of the girls from the trip where they were singing about the labyrinth. They were integrating in the song what it's like to be lost in the labyrinth with their friends. And it was so, it was really, really poetic with the way they expressed it, like only a child could, but beautifully. And I was, I was tearing up a little bit hearing them sing the song of wandering and not being lost that they had and the joy they found in, in the wandering. Um, anyway, but I think that that's, that's there, the art, the creativity, but there's, like, I think we go back to something you said before is we've designed a world where there isn't space to stop and sing a song uh, and to integrate. There isn't space to, uh, to touch everything or to learn everything. Everything's dangerous right now. The, the, everyone's afraid of being lost and afraid of, or in our society, I feel that energy, especially with children, don't get lost. It'd be like one of the big fears we have of around children. Uh, and so to mindfully get lost, to have, a chance to play with whether it's reading words or science or friends or nature uh, it's just critical i think right now to what humans need to to grow into this next age and to uh to to be whole and kids know it the incredible thing is that yeah it happened many times where kids come and say thank you in a way like they it was they come to, to us and say almost like finally finally you get you get what we need it's like they know what they are missing and what they are they are they they, they should have they don't know it in words but when we give them the space for them to explore that they fully know that that's something they that belongs to them and that and that and and they come with so much gratitude and so much wisdom and that just makes me know that we are on the right path and we need to keep working for making you know public spaces public parks be again amazing playgrounds for kids to explore uh where there is they are safe and they are in and they can just be playing there without their parents needing to control them and they can get to know their kids and and and, and connect with other people and discover stories from other people and and I, uh, I think the School of Wonder is going to play a, a great, an important role in in really fostering that those spaces for for because it's that's the classroom, that's the school of that's the classroom for the kids. Marta, I believe that too, and it's been such a privilege to talk to you today, and a pleasure to have this conversation. I just I'm so grateful to know you and to get to be supporting and in relation with School of Wonder and you and 
to be friends and to be adventurers together on this journey. It's so important right now, such important work. And so I'm grateful to have you on the show today. I just want to ask if there's any um, else you thing you want to add to our conversation or any uh, ways to get connected to you for people listening. Well, thank you first. It's been, Jake, it's been great to, to, to have this time with you now. I feel, yeah, so, so happy for this hour. Um, yes, thank you. Then, well, of course, I would say come to see the web, the website is called the, the school of wonder.com or our Instagram, which is simply school of wonder without the D or just send me an email, Marta at wondercreations.org we are now talking with different we're there's a lot of partnerships happening now and i think it's a great moment for uh, coming together with other some partners that want to create something in their space um also for children and families you know that in specifically in brooklyn we have a wonder camp so that is a place where parents can just sign up and and we have a lot of fun so I also recommend to any Brooklyners to to have a look at what we are doing in in this summer in Prosper Park. And maybe see me there if you if you join an adventure. I'm planning to be back. And also want to open up one other uh, thing you mentioned to me too is that you are looking for new magicians too. As I am going to be circulating this podcast among friends in education and uh, magical people who listen. And that's why I have a podcast. Like great to know a lot of magical people. I get to talk to. So I will be sharing this episode and wondering if, um, yeah, if there are opportunities for new magicians and other uh, educators to to work with you. Well, right now we're in the process of hiring um, a Wonder Camp director and have a and, and put together a team of Wonder magicians for because we want to run three weeks of summer camp in Prosper Park. Um, so yes, everybody who listens and is interested and, and is curious, please send an email. Great. I will share the email address and the Instagram. Everything's in uh, the show notes, wherever you're listening or watching to this. You can check it out there. And I just want to thank you again, Marta, for, for coming on the podcast today. And wonderful conversation. Yeah, it was wonderful too. Thank you. Thanks so much. That was my conversation with Marta Pascual Berea. I'm so grateful to have talk to her and to share about the school of wonder and yeah, something, a project I really believe in and I'm proud to share the message in this platform. I'd love to hear what you thought about the episode. Please leave a comment. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, feel free to email us at foregardenspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, please leave a review, like, and subscribe. Just all the ways you can support this podcast uh, are welcome and much appreciated by me and Ariel and everybody else involved, all of our guests. So thank you again for listening and keep on growing.